Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God is always trying to get our attention. And I find that in my life as well. That sometimes I'm thinking God doesn't care about what I'm happening. And God's saying, I showed you like 52 things in the last few days. But you have to stop to understand I'm talking to you. I want you to stop. I want you to look and say, hmm, what about that? God, are you trying to say? So sometimes all you need to do, all I need to do, is just say, God, are you trying to say something to me? How many of you parents have children who listen perfectly to you when you try to get their attention? How many of you listened perfectly to your parents when they called you? Well, it's kind of the same thing with you hearing God speak, isn't it? If you're honest, God probably talks to you a lot more than you want to admit. Pastor Mark will be teaching about this tendency to ignore God, the blessings that are missed because of this behavior. You'll hear about God's reaching out to Moses in a most unique way. Moses' response and the benefit to millions of people that resulted from Moses listening to God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 2. As he begins his message, the great I am is concerned about us. You can actually turn to Exodus 2, verse 23, and we'll head right on in to chapter 3. After 40 years of training in the courts of Pharaoh, where Moses got amazing training in leadership, he's now neared the end of another 40 years of training. Different kind of leadership with sheep. And he is going to begin to enter his third 40-year period where it will be better than any other time of his entire life. Two things I want you to write down that Moses would have definitely written to you and to me. Number one, God is never in a hurry. I mean, it's easy for us to say, well, Moses has been a shepherd for 40 years, big deal. Some of you aren't even 40 years yet. 40 years waiting. And second, God's timing, as you well know, is rarely our timing. But God had a purpose. And notice what happens in Exodus chapter 2, verse 23. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out and their cry for help because of that slavery. Well, it went up to God and God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac 
and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Now remember, Moses has been training for 40 years. God is using that because he knew Moses was going to be a deliverer. Moses didn't know that. Back in Egypt, everything was changing except for the people. The king changed, the one that knew Moses. The Pharaoh changed, the one that knew Moses. But the children of Israel were still groaning. They were still in bondage. They were still in slavery. But God heard their groaning. Remember this, the covenant God made with Abraham was an unconditional covenant. Abraham didn't have a part in it. Moses isn't going to have a part in it. God walked between those dead animals all by himself. Let's just go back for a moment and see how that looked. Genesis 15, because we didn't really get a chance to study it, verse 12 through 16. As you look at this, you'll see what that looks like. Genesis 15, verses 12 through 16. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, verse 12, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. Now think of the prophecy that's coming here. And they will be enslaved and mistreated 400 years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves. And afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your father's in peace and will be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, those 400 years, your descendants will come back here for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. Now, isn't that amazing to you? 400 years in the future, God is already predicting all of this. Exactly what was going to happen when Joseph finally went to Egypt and then the family came and everything started for them. About 70 people, Israelites, is what moved to Egypt at that time. They began to grow. And God promises for 400 years they're going to be in bondage, but he's going to release them. He's going to deliver them. And he's going to actually pilfage the nation of Egypt for doing all of this. And I want you to write this down because this is a great thing for me. The great I am has perfect memory. Here's the time. God didn't in heaven say like, uh, oh man, it's 490 years. I forgot for 90 years. He had it all planned. It was perfect. How many of you would like to have perfect memory? Could I see your hands? Three sisters, age 72, 74, and 76, lived in a house together. One night, the 76-year-old drew a bath, and she put her foot in and paused. She yelled downstairs to the others, was I getting in the bath or out of the bath? (laughs) The 74-year-old yelled back, I don't know, I'll come up and see. She started up the stairs and paused. Then she yelled, was I going up the stairs or down the stairs? And the 72-year-old sat at the kitchen table having tea, listening to her sisters and laughing. She shook her head sadly and said, I sure hope I never get that forgetful. She knocked on wood for good measure. Then she yelled, I'll be up soon, as soon as I know who's at the door. (laughs) How many relate to that with your memory? Okay, yeah, right. (laughs) Taking the humor away 
Moses may have thought, we don't know, that God had forgotten him. Some of you maybe even think that. Because of what you've done, God's forgotten you. I often thought about the children of Israel from one generation. to Did, did they think while they were in slavery, God forgot them? God didn't forget them. So from that history, there's four little keys you want to write about God. The great I am, he sees, he comes, he cares, and eventually he will deliver. The frustration for us is the enemy could come to lie to us. God's forgiven, forgotten you in this situation. Or what you're going through, he's forgotten all about you. He hasn't forgotten us. He will come, but it's in his time. So it's important for us to remember that God, the creator universe, is still interested in individuals. That's why he's going. He saw those people. He not only saw, but had enough compassion. And he not only had compassion, he had a plan. God always has a plan. And the plan would include a deliverer. A deliverer named Moses. How old is Moses? He's 80. That makes me feel good. He's 80. And I want to remind you of this. You don't need to write it, but I think it's a great principle. Very often we hear people say this. Well, life begins at 40. Life doesn't begin at 40. Life begins the moment we line up our will with God's will. And you might be enjoying life and you're not a Christian yet. You don't even know what life is. And if you're here and you've gotten away from God's will, you're not enjoying life. You're existing. So understand, it isn't about our age. Life begins the moment you and I align our will with his. By the way, that's an ongoing alignment. Because God changes in our lives. And we have to follow him the way he goes. Now, chapter 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert. And he came to Oreb, the mountain of God. Or as we would call it, Mount Sinai. This would be the same place that Moses will come back to because the Ten Commandments are going to be given there. Verse 2. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. The next thing I want you to write is this. The great I am knows how to get our attention. God uses lots of ways to get our attention. Now, why does God have to get our attention? Because we simply get busy with life. And we just tool through life kind of almost in an automatic way. And sometimes we can forget where we're going, what's happening to us. And all the rest. And so God has to wake us up. He has to grab our attention. And he'll use, in your life and my life, you could just begin naming the things that God has used to get your attention. Disappointment. Trial. The word of God will get some of your attention. Other people. Unusual circumstances. Sickness. Failure. 
supernatural, prodigal sons, daughters, a death, all kinds of ways. God doesn't cause many of those. He just allows those and that grabs our attention. This day for Moses started like every other day, basically in the last 40 years. He's just kind of going through a procedure. He'd probably seen those bushes in that area who knows how many thousands of times. But at the end of the day, the children of Israel, you and I, and Moses, would never be the same. That day was planned. The bush that Moses saw was like a thousand other bushes that he saw. But this bush was different because it was on fire And it never burned up. Now the bush was ordinary, but the fire, God's presence, was not. Now look at verse 2 again. The angel of the Lord. This is a pre-incarnate manifestation of who? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the second person of the Godhead, was the one in that burning bush. Now look at verse 4. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Hey, you! Is that what it says? No. What does it say? Moses what? Moses. Why twice? That means he's got his attention. Moses... Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Notice in that verse, we have a personal God. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. After 40 years living in the wilderness, God personally comes to Moses to give him what? A second chance. A second chance. Notice who made the first move. In our story, who, come on now, who made the first move? How do you know? Set the bush on fire. He was in the bush. That was the first move. But what did he require Moses to do? Which he always does with us. Make the what? Make the second move. Notice back in verse 4, when the Lord saw that he stopped to look, then God came to him. You see, when God gets our attention, he's looking for you and I to listen and then say, hmm, are you trying to get my attention? I believe that very often God is communicating to us. We see a burning bush and we just walk right on by it. And God is always trying to get our attention. And I find that in my life as well. That sometimes... I'm thinking God doesn't care about what I'm happening. And God's saying, I showed you like 52 things in the last few days. But you have to stop to understand I'm talking to you. I want you to stop. I want you to look and say, hmm, what about that? God, are you trying to say? So sometimes all you need to do, all I need to do, is just say, God, are you trying to say something to me? Notice what Moses said. Here I am. Just do that. God, you have my attention. What do you want to say to me? God is speaking to all of us. So you and I ought to be thinking as we're going through the word of God, what are you 
saying to me tonight. Be open, be ready in your quiet time, but not just in your quiet time. Moses is not having a quiet time. Moses is working, but God spoke to him. Normally, Moses isn't praying. Moses isn't worshiping. He's simply doing life. Verse 5. God gave some instructions. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Why would God say that to Moses? God's going to say to him, I am that I am. I'm your creator. I'm holy. Here's what I want you to write. What God's saying to Moses is this. I'm holy and you're not. And yet, we're challenged in the New Testament to be what? To be holy, separated to God. Will we ever be holy like God? No. But we can be holy. So, Moses, he says, Moses, take your shoes off. I think there's other reasons. I think that's obviously the main reason. But what kind of shoes would Moses have had? Sandals. Why would you wear sandals in the desert. Rocks and what else? What's the first word of sandals? Sand. In the blazing sun, what is sand? Okay. Ever been to Cocoa Beach? Ever been to Melbourne Beach in the summer? And you take your sandals off and immediately go, whoa, put them sandals right back on. Why? Burning hot. So if he's taking his sandals off and it's rocky and hot sand... What, what's, what's God doing to Moses? He's saying to Moses, going somewhere? You're not going anywhere. Take your shoes off. <laughs> now I have your attention. Moses isn't going anywhere. God has his attention. Does he have your attention? See, we don't have to take our shoes off. But God had Moses' attention. He's got time now to reflect. What is Moses going to reflect back to? Well, the first 80 years of his life. He's going to reflect, and he's acknowledging that God is holy. Then verse 6, God continues, and he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. So he's now beginning to realize, whoa, this is something that very few people have ever experienced. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. Notice what you see there. I've seen it. I've heard it. I'm concerned about their suffering of my people. Here's the great I am. By the way, this great I am is the same great I am you're serving that I'm serving. He has compassion. He pities the situation they're in. They're his people. There's sympathy. There's mercy. And there's empathy. He would send his son who would learn how man is treated by sinful men. That's exactly what was happening in Egypt. Man was being treated by men who were sinful. Now, when we think that God is a personal God, that's hard for you and I to comprehend. Seven plus billion people in the world. 
he has compassion on them. That is, encourages me because that means that God cares for every single person we meet. Verse 8. He didn't just have compassion. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hittites, and the Jebusites. Now, when you look at that verse, where would Moses have wished God had stopped? Take a look at the verse. What part of that verse did Moses like? Well, he likes it to coming to rescue them from the Egyptians. He likes the part that there's a land that they're going to go to that's good and spacious. He loves the part, a land that's flowing with milk and honey. Where would you put the period? Right there, baby. Right there. Because the first part of this verse is what? It reminds us of everyday life. It's God's generosity. Moses is excited. A new land flowing with milk. What does that mean? Where he's going, Cana, Israel, would have an ideal place to raise sheep and cows and goats. What does that result in? Lots of milk. Good stuff. A land flowing with honey. What would that mean? That the land would have enough flowers and those kind of things that bees could make honey. There are many people that believe that honey also wasn't just the regular honey we're used to, because I've had this, but a sweet syrup made from dates. Date honey is incredibly sweet. So he loves that. That's God's generosity. Take me to the land. But he doesn't stop. Look at Satan's spiritual warfare. Cana, where they're going, was also the home of these enemies that would fight Israel for the land. The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hippotites, and the Jebusites. Now think about this. Why is it a mixed bag? Why didn't God say, by the time you get there, the enemies that are there, I've moved them all out just like I moved the Egyptians away from the people. Why didn't he do that? Because in this world is where we learn to manage spiritual warfare. Because it's never absent from us. Remember this verse from Jesus? It's a reminder to you and I. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on the earth, you're going to have lots of trials. You're going to have lots of sorrows. But he doesn't leave us with the negative. But take heart. Because I've overcome the world. Every day in life, we have God's generosity. He promises to be with us. He's going to take care of us. He's going to provide for us. But we always have the enemy. He's always bringing things into our lives. And because of that, this would be no different. Paradise will not happen again until we get to heaven. Today, Pastor Mark taught about timing. You heard about Moses and his two 40-year-long classrooms. And that even then, God wasn't finished training him. You learn four keys about God. He sees, he comes, he cares, and eventually he delivers. You were told that this was true for the Israelites and is true for you as well. God will always come through for you in his timing. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. 
All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue this message, The Great I Am is Concerned About Us. You'll hear about Moses' encounter with God and God finally calling Moses to go get the Israelites out of Egypt. You'll learn that asking God questions is okay to do if you have the proper attitude. You'll find out about God's plan for your life and how to find out from God what He wants you to do. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a herd